அலமதுல்லாம் every perfection in it there is nothing that is left for anybody else to add to it anybody to further enhance something to polish something everything is perfect and one of the salient aspects of our deen is that it doesn't teach us individuality that a person for himself rather what deen emphasizes on is that everyone each person is for everyone and everyone is for each person this is what deen emphasizes on in terms of deen itself and in terms of the objective of life being the akhirat that how can a person reach the akhirat in that also we have been taught for not to think for ourselves alone but to be concerned about every single person and therefore a person will recite suratul fatiha in every rakat of every salah whether he is performing salah in jamaah obviously he is performing salah alone also he will still recite the same suratul fatiha and he will recite ihdinas siratal mustaqim Ya Allah guide us to the straight path. He's performing salah with jama'ah, the imam will recite ihdina. Ya Allah guide all of us. And he's performing salah alone also, he'll recite the same ihdina. Ya Allah guide all of us, everyone. He's being taught that don't think for yourself. Don't be concerned for yourself alone. Be concerned about yourself and others as well. That is the other extreme. the person sometimes is so concerned about others he forgets about himself whereas both are necessary if a person is concerned about people who are hungry they don't have anything to eat so he's very concerned to feed them he doesn't forget to eat himself he will feed them but together with feeding them he will also eat he won't go hungry if he is concerned about clothing people who don't have sufficient clothes to wear so very good this is excellent and something greatly rewarding he'll be blessed by allah taala tremendously but he takes concern about his own clothing as well it's a very cold day he won't forget to wear his own warm garments as well he'll give others those who don't have anything he'll be giving some blankets to those who have nothing that the winter might be now 
approaching so they will have something to warm themselves with but he also have his own warm clothing too so he doesn't only concern himself with others and forget himself he remembers himself also but both go hand in hand he's concerned about himself he's concerned about others also so even in the aspect of deen both these things go hand in hand and even in dunya in the aspects of day to day life of dunya we have been taught and emphasized upon to think globally to think beyond ourselves to think of every other human being and then obviously to the extent of our capacity we'll do what we can so in the quran sharif also there is this encouragement in various ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is this encouragement and emphasis and in this hadith sharif one portion of which was recited hazrat abu huraira radhiyallahu ta'ala an he reports that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on one occasion gave several advices the first thing that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned that man naffasa an mu'minin qurbatan min qurabid dunya naffasa allahu anhu qurbatan min qurabi yawmil qiyama the one who removes a difficulty of a mu'min in this world whatever difficulty it might be now this is removing somebody else's difficulty so what will this result in it will result in that brotherhood each one is concerned about that the next person is in some difficulty then how can i be a means of removing that and likewise others are concerned about him so it creates a brotherhood and this is that lesson that is been given to us that this umma is a complete unit it's not an individual all the people of the umma put together are one body in the hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gives this parable as well that the believers are like one body and the body is such that no part of the body is divorced from the other every single part of the body is all linked up if the eye pains the entire body pains and if the head pains the entire body pains and this last one says that if this person has a fever then the whole body will stay awake in support of that every other limb because this body is now in pain is in pain is aching if one part of the body is in ache in pain every other part of the body will also support it so this is the example that is being given of the believers so here nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying that the one who removes one difficulty of a mu'min in this dunya allah taala will remove a difficulty of his on the day of qiyamah now these two things cannot be compared the difficulty of dunya is nothing compared to the difficulty of the day of qiyamah the difficulty of dunya is very 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 minute and very limited compared to what is the difficulty of the day of qiyamah qiyamah is something which nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has described in many ahadith when the sun will be just barely above the heads of people when somebody will be up to his ankles in perspiration somebody up to his knees in perspiration somebody up to his waist in perspiration somebody right up to his neck and somebody yuljimuhu iljaman it will be like 
the perspiration is now gagging him. According to the kind of amal that a person had been conducting, doing in this dunya. That is Qiyamah. Allah Ta'ala protect us. Qiyamah is that day when because of the difficulty of that day, people will be so in such great difficulty, they will start talking to one another and think, get somebody to at least start, get this Hisab Kitab going. That Allah Ta'ala should start taking the Hisab Kitab and taking people to an account for their deen. Then wherever somebody is meant to finish off it, he'll finish off. But at least we'll come out of this now. They're not foreseeing what could be ahead. There's somebody where he could finish off. But the difficulty of the moment will be such that people will think even if we have to end up anywhere, at least we get out of this situation. And in order to get the Hisab Kitab going, the accountability started. They will now go to the Amiya Ali The start of it, Hazrat Adam Ali That intercede on our behalf to Allah Ta'ala that he should start with the accountability. And on that day, Qiyamah will be such a day when Adam too will say, I don't have the courage to do this today. Today I'm worried about myself. You rather go to Nuh They'll come to Nuh He'll say, look, I don't have the courage for this. You go to Ibrahim One after the other, the Anbiya will pass the people on to somebody else. And finally they'll come to Rasulullah and he will be that personality who will have that courage on that day and will intercede to Allah Taala, and he will go in sajda in front of the arsh of Allah Taala. And Nabi Islam says that I will praise Allah Taala with such praises. Such praises which even I am not aware of now. Allah Ta'ala will inspire those praises in my heart at that time. And after having praised Allah Ta'ala in front of his arsh, Allah Ta'ala will then eventually command and say, Ya Muhammad, irfa' ra'asak, sal tu'atah, washfa'atu shaffa'. O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, raise your head and ask, what is it? You'll be granted. Intercede, your intercession will be accepted. Now, this is that day of Qiyamah when even the Anbiya will be worried and concerned about themselves. They will not have the courage of going to intercede on that day for the people in general in the initial stage. Later on, they will also intercede. But the first intercession that will take place, that first intercession only Nabi will have that courage. Now on that day, the day of Qiyamah, such a difficult day, Allah Taala will grant this favor to a person that the person who removes somebody's difficulty in dunya, Allah Taala will remove his difficulty of the day of Qiyamah. Now many of these things cannot be understood just on its own until it's seen in context. What is the day of Qiyamah all about? What is the difficulty of that day? And what a favor this is. What a great bounty this is. But now then to understand one step beyond that. This is the reward of removing some difficulty of a mu'min. Now things, both sides of the coin apply. If this is such a great reward for removing a difficulty from a mu'min, 
And the other side applies also. What will be the harm of giving difficulty to a moment? Because if this reward is so great for removing the difficulty, then the opposite will also be equally severe. If what will be the harm and the destruction and the difficulty that will come on the day of Qiyamah due to putting difficulties in the path of believers in dunya? Now, this is the moment of reflection. One is that with people who are distant from us, somebody we don't know from anywhere, somebody who is just perhaps a friend, somebody who is a musalli in the masjid, then mashallah we are very eager to be very good to everyone, to make everyone very happy, to make everyone very comfortable, some person who is a complete stranger to us, but mashallah he is our Muslim brother, we'll do what we can, suddenly he came to the masjid, we can see there's a visitor, we'll help him out, show him around, make him comfortable. But when it comes to those who are closest to us often, very often that is where all consideration is lost. And let alone removing difficulties, we become the source of difficulty. Now to understand this Hadith Sharif, and to think about, reflect upon this, in this context, Nabi Salaam is saying, the one who removes the difficulty from a, from a mu'min, Allah Ta'ala will remove his difficulty on the day of Qiyamah. So what will be the case now when a person is giving difficulty? And then to those who are the closest to him, his own parents, his spouse, his children sometimes, his immediate family, deen is not for outside only. Deen is not for the masjid only. A very big part of deen is inside the house also. A very big part of deen. So this is something that we have to consider very deeply, very carefully. And this ibadat that Nabi Islam explains, that one of the greatest ibadat after the faraiz, idkhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min, bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. That applies everywhere also, inside the house, outside the house, everywhere. So this is the first aspect Nabi Islam mentions in the Hadith Sharif. Then the second thing, all this is, bulk of this Hadith Sharif is related to the same aspect of social interaction and social life and maintaining this bond and brotherhood. The second thing that Nabi Islam mentions, مَنْ يَسَّرَ عَلَى مُعْسِرٍ يَسَّرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ The one who gives some respite and ease to a hard-pressed debtor, the person is hard pressed, he's in difficulties, only the person has the ability and the funds to pay, then for him to delay payment, that is zulm. Matalul ghaniyya zulmun. A person who has the ability to pay, and the ability to pay means over and above his basic necessities. Now the due date has come, and he has sufficient for his basic necessities. Anything in excess of that, then he has the ability to pay. And now he is not paying, this is zulm. So in any case, the person is hard pressed. Nabi Islam says, the person who gives some respite to him, gives some, makes it a little bit easy for him. Allah Ta'ala will make things easy for him in dunya and akhirat. In the Hadith Sharif it is mentioned, 
that among the people of the past nations one person passed away after he passed away so Allah Ta'ala commanded the angels that see is there any good deed in his account so in any case they checked up they found no good deed there is only one good deed there is there is only one good that he used to do what was the good? the good was that he used to have his people doing his business on his behalf, his agents, whatever his employees so he used to say to them that look when you sell to people then be easy with them and if you have given something on credit then when the time comes be easy going in your demand of payment and if somebody is in really difficult circumstances even overlook it too Allah Ta'ala then replied and said we are more worthy of doing what he did I have forgiven my servant now this is also to be understood in context that this is not the rule that a person does nothing else in life all he does is he gives respite to the debtors maybe forgives a few of them so then he doesn't have to perform any salah anymore doesn't have to be concerned about staying away from sin this is not the rule you get some exceptions sometimes that somebody did something with such a heart that became the means of his forgiveness Allah Ta'ala this is his prerogative but the rule is that a person will have to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala he'll have to stay away from sin so in any case this is the second thing that is being mentioned in this Hadith Sharif that the person who gives respite to the hard pressed debtor then the third thing Nabi Islam says وَمَنْ سَتَرَ مُسْلِمًا سَتَرَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ The one who conceals the fault of a Muslim The one who conceals the fault of a Muslim Allah Ta'ala will conceal his faults in dunya and akhirat Now this unfortunately especially in the times that we live This is a very very major thing Many a times there will be some message that will fly and there will be a story about something that, that allegedly happened somebody allegedly did something this alleged this word allegedly means that there is no verification for it yet and if supposing there is verification for it supposing it was established 100% that too will still fall under ghibad it will still be ghibad and now there is no proof and substantiation for it it's worse, it's slander and then what happens? person is pressing send to all or he's got his whole contact list or whatever the thing is and hundreds of people he is making ghibat at the press of one button hundred times one ghibat is so severe hundred ghibat in one press of one button and sometimes it is hundred bohtan hundred slanders Whereas we are being taught that if a person conceals the fault of a Muslim, Allah Ta'ala will conceal his fault on the day of Qiyamah. Hazrat Umar Ta'ala is one day patrolling, late at night. And as he passed one house, the sounds that he heard coming from the courtyard of the house, it was very evident. Now a lot of people were coming in from out. People were duly accepting Islam. So sometimes these kind of incidents, isolated cases used to happen once in a while. So any case from the sounds that he heard from behind the wall, now where the wall is, the road is next to it, it was very obvious 
that the person was intoxicated. He was drinking. So he immediately scaled the wall. And he caught this person red-handed. So when he caught this person red-handed, the person said to him, look, I've committed one wrong, you've done three. Now who is talking to? He's talking to Amir Mu'mineen, Hazrat Amr radiallahu So what three wrongs I did? says, firstly, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَتُلْ بُيُوتَ مِنْ أَبْوَابِهَا You enter the house, and enter through the door, you scale the wall. You went against the Sahih. The second is, إِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا لَا تَدْخُلُوا بُيُوتًا حَتَّى تَسْتَأْنِسُوا وَتُسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا You first seek permission. You didn't seek any permission. And then Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا don't spy, don't dig into somebody's private matter. Only something is open. Something is open, then you've got to take notice of it. You've got to address it. You've got to sort it out. Something somebody is doing privately, hiding and doing it, you don't go and spy to try and dig it out. It has become apparent, it has come to your notice, then you'll do what you have to do. But you won't try to go and dig something out. Hazrat Umar was somebody who was kana waqafan in the kitabillah. And anything from the kitab of Allah Ta'ala was presented in front of him, he made no ifs and buts, he stopped right there. So word of my Allah, whereas it could have been that the person quoted it to some extent out of context. Because here is the Amir al-Mu'mineen. And he has the authority to take notice of what is happening. But in any case, when this person said this, these things, he stopped right there. And he turned around and went away. Sometime later, one day this person came and he sat right at the back of the masjid. And he's trying to keep himself concealed. Meaning he's not coming in front. He's trying to stay out of sight. Eventually, as Umar noticed him. When he noticed him, he called him in front. Now this person must have been thinking that here it goes. Today, my entire respect is going to be run to the ground. I am going to be humiliated and disgraced in front of everybody today. That is what probably might have gone through his mind. Omar calls him in front. When he comes, he calls him right close to him. And then he whispers in his ear. He whispers in his ear and he says to him, that from that day to this day, I have not mentioned what happened to anybody. I have not mentioned this to anybody. So this person also whispered back in Hazrat Umar al ear. From that day to this day, I also have not touched that again. But the lesson in this was, that Hazrat Umar al because this was yet not to the point where the Islamic punishment had become established and had to be carried out. And it came in the presence of the Qazi and the Qazi had now decreed that this will be meted out. Now there's no going back from it. So up to that stage, he practiced on what was concealing the fault of a Muslim. Now if a person considers, we think within ourselves, how often can we do this? That we conceal the faults of others. And sometimes the faults of those who are closest to us. 
that is sometimes a doubt for everybody. Now all these are the things that keep that ummah. Sometimes somebody has done something and that is being related to somebody else. Unnecessarily. One is that somebody who has or we have, we are seeking some help from someone to sort out a problem. So now you could have to explain what's the problem in order to get the help. But needlessly, just for the sake of now saying something, this is just idle gossip, ghibad, all these things become the order of the day and it tears the fabric of the ummah apart. And this is shaitan's job, to keep trying to create trouble. You look into the lives of our kabir, this is from the sunnah of Rasulullah that they did, they took whatever it took upon themselves to keep out any kind of argument, any kind of quarrel, dispute, even if they have to suffer some personal loss in that. If they have to suffer some personal loss, let it be. That is something that can be digested, but avoid that any kind of dispute and argument takes place, especially over trivial things. Hazrat Mawla Habibur Rahman Sahib, Rahmatullah who was the second or the third principal of Darlum Dioban. He is the principal of this greatest madrasa of the world that started off at that time, from that point in time, and such a great personality. Uh, he had one calf. That was a common thing that after Qurbani is over, person would now buy one calf that would now just make it for the next Qurbani. So for the whole year, he'll now feed it and fatten it. It'll just now reach the required age by the next Qurbani, that type of calf he would have bought. So the whole year this calf will be now becoming part of the family almost. And it'll become almost like a pet. So now when he would come to the madrasa from home, this thing would follow him. So one day as he came, so now this thing followed him and it started grazing in the courtyard of the madrasa. So some grass there started grazing there. And he's in that, inside the madrasa busy with his work. Suddenly he hears some commotion outside. So he comes out to see what has happened. So one person is making a villager, Bedouin kind of person. And these people sometimes are not conscious about how they are doing something, what they are saying. So he is making a big din about it. That is this somebody's private pasture now? Is this the private pasture of this person that he has brought his cow here to come and graze? Or is this a madrasa? Is this how these amanats are being looked after? And he is creating such a commotion that a whole crowd came around. In any case, he came out to find out what's going on. He said, no, this person has got some objection. Yeah, what's the problem, boy? He says, you made this your private pasture. This is a madrasa, it's not your private ground. Now, he could, but the reality was, he didn't do this deliberately. Fine, okay, how much grass it ate, he would have put some money into the madrasa fund. Though that perhaps was not even necessary under the circumstances, because that grass had to be cut in any case. But be that as it may, what was his immediate response? He said to this person, look what you are saying is 100% right. This is 100% right. And who can react in this way when a person has annihilated that nafs? That even if he is right, in order to save the situation, he has the heart to say, okay, I am wrong. Even if he hasn't erred really, 
But in order to see, to, as we say, see the bigger picture. So to see the bigger picture, he has the heart to say, okay, my fault, doesn't matter. It's okay, let it go. So he says to this person that what you are saying is right. And the compensation for the wrong I have done is that this cow is now yours. Now a cow in India, and especially in that time, it used to be people's livelihood. The milk of the cow, the whole household would survive on that. They will drink what they drink, and the balance they will sell, and they will run the house on that. So it was like a very big thing. It was like a person in our time maybe giving his car away. So he said, no, this cow is yours now. That person too, mashallah, was so fine on all this. He too accepted that cow very well, immediately and walked away with it. And took it and carried on. But the point there was that on the spot, on the spur of the moment, without any second thought, he saved the situation. Now had he tried to explain to this person the reality, that person was in no position to understand because his mind was already shut to it. So it was now futile trying to explain to him. And he would go on making an issue of something which was not an issue. But in the process what will happen? Now there will become two parties. One will start supporting one side because they also of that same intelligence level. So they cannot see what the reality is. So they will support him. Because it's very easy for any foolish person to understand something foolish. But it requires some level of intelligence to understand what is something that requires intelligence to understand. So the foolishness anybody will understand. Because it makes sense to him, because he's foolish. And he's thinking in that manner. But something that apply, requires applying the mind. Now the person who doesn't want to apply his mind, he won't understand it. So now there will be some who will apply their minds, they'll understand it, they'll come on one end, others will come on another end, and now this back and forth will carry on. Now a person will say Allahu Akbar, and then he'll be in sajda also, and he'll be saying Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la, but his mind will be now consumed with the same thing. In his heart it will be, now what he's going to respond to the last story that came from the other side. He's in sajda, but his mind and heart is occupied in what is going to be the response. And if that person says this, then what I will say in return. And now that fight is carrying on in his salah also. That fight is carrying on in his sajda as well. He's saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. But while saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, in his heart and mind is that fight carrying on. His whole salah has become the same fight. So now he saved his salah and saved the salah of so many people and saved the ibadat of so many people and saved the sleep of so many people and everything else and saved the whole community one cow he sacrificed it's alright let it go so the Shah Ismail Shaheed the well known incident that we discussed on many occasions he's giving the talk in the Jama Masjid in Delhi and he was regarded as somebody who in our terminology will say a person with a short fuse but his short fuse was only for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. It wasn't on the basis of nafs. And this incident highlighted that. That when there was something personal, it didn't stir him in any way. When something of deen was being compromised, then it brought him full go. So in any case, now he's giving this talk in the Jami Masjid of Delhi, which is a huge masjid. And there are thousands of people gathered. 
And he's a person of a very high caliber. Extremely highly respected personality. Very senior person. And in the midst of this whole gathering, one person stands up. And he says that, I've been told that you are an illegitimate person. Na'udhu Can we imagine the situation? Person is now giving some advice, dini advice in a huge gathering. And now somebody is saying to him in such a gathering, that this is what we've heard about you. So without even changing the tone of his voice, all he says to the person is, that look brother you are mistaken, the witnesses of my parents nikah are still living, they are in certain places, certain towns or villages, you may go and verify it for yourself. And he continues with his talk like nothing happened. Now who can do this? The person whose nafs is well under control. He's annihilated that nafs. And the person who's annihilated that nafs, he doesn't live to maintain an impression in the minds of others. Many a time, our entire conduct, what we say, what we do, how we go about something, is all dictated by what we are concerned about in terms of what is the impression of somebody else about me. If I do this, what will be the impression? What, what, will create, what impression will create? And if I do that, what do you think about me? And if I do this, then what do you think about me? So our whole life is being dictated by the perceptions of others. And we don't know what's going on in the mind of somebody else. So all the time we are guessing. And now we are guessing in the dark. So we are doing things and breaking the laws of Allah Ta'ala and compromising deen and losing our respect and honor sometimes and losing our the gifts of Allah Ta'ala, the wealth of Allah Ta'ala that's all just to try and keep up an impression in minds of people whereas if we just live by the concern that Allah Ta'ala must be pleased with me what is going to be the impression that I will have created on the day of Qiyamah in the court of Allah Ta'ala what will be the impression that I created if we live by that our life will become very peaceful in dunya then many of the things that dictate a person's life in terms of for example sometimes people's lives get dictated by fashion why, why does a fashion dictate their life? because of what impression it will create in the minds of somebody else if I wear this then they'll say no I'm up to date if I wear this, then I'm out of date. Then that same out of date will take a circle. Twenty years later, that will be up to date again. And then it will go around the same chakkar. But this is how a person's life gets dictated. And they'll keep making the chakkar because that's the only way they'll make money. So to make people go in the chakkar so that others now will keep fleecing them. So, these people had this capacity in them. So, in any case, this is what we are talking about. Man satara musliman, satarullahu alayhi fi dunya wal akhirah, Allah Ta'ala will cover his faults in dunya and akhirah. Then Nabi Islam says, Wallahu fi awni al-abd, ma kana al-abdu fi awni akhi. As long as a person is in the, in some way helping his fellow Muslim, then Allah Ta'ala will keep assisting him person is in some way or the other helping his fellow Muslim brother Allah Ta'ala will keep assisting him now this is such an easy thing to keep gaining the help of Allah Ta'ala and this is again teaching us the same lesson that we are not for ourselves 
And we want the help of Allah Ta'ala, we have to help the servants of Allah Ta'ala. In their deen, in their day-to-day life also. To the extent of our, necess- our capacity. Whatever our capacity is, but as much as we can, a person will try to keep helping the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Thereafter, Nabi Salaam says just to discuss the rest of this Hadith Sharif, that Nabi Salaam then says, مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَلْتَمِسُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَهَّلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ The one who traverses the path of seeking the knowledge of Deen, Allah Ta'ala will ease the path to Jannah for him. Now what is the meaning of traversing the path of seeking the knowledge of Deen? This is not something confined to the formal acquisition of Deeni knowledge only. That only if a person has formally enrolled in some madrasa somewhere, then only he will qualify for this. No, a person is daily concerned about improving his dini knowledge. So even if he is learning something daily, he is going to the, his Imam Sahib, his Alim in the community somewhere, two minutes a day, one minute a day, he is learning some tajweed, he is learning, he is making his Quran Sharif correct. To recite the Quran Sharif correct is also a haq of Allah Ta'ala. This is a kalam of Allah Ta'ala. A person, somebody is reading, he is written something, authored something, and somebody is reading it in a way that you can't even understand what the person is reading, he is distorting the words, the author will feel very, very insulted by this. Why is this person even reading? So our words, the words of dunya, words of insan, yet we feel that way if somebody has to read something we've written, in a way that distorts the words, etc. What can be said about Kalamullah, the word of Allah Ta'ala? So to learn the Qur'an Sharif with Tajweed, so we're going to somebody to correct our Quran, recitation of Qur'an Sharif, learning the basic masail of deen, even if it's one masla a day we're learning, some aspect of deen, every day we can't make it, some days in the week. But we're all the time trying to improve our deeni knowledge. Person reads so much of futile things, let alone futile things, even haram things, Allah forbid. So to take some deeni kitab, some kitab on sunnah, Every day learn one sunnat, once a week learn one sunnat. And try to bring that into our life. Every sunnat is noor. And there is so much of noor in each sunnat, that it is beyond all the nafil actions. Hazrat one person saw him in a dream. Buzrugov, <coughs> Dewan, he saw Hazrat Gangoi in a dream. Actually what he saw was, that Rasulullah is walking. Now he is seeing a dream. And in this dream, he's seeing Nabi Sallallahu is walking. And there are many people walking behind, and they are running to try and catch up with Nabi Sallallahu And Gangoi Rahmatullah is also walking, but he's walking, looking very carefully on the ground, and trying to place his steps exactly on the Mubarak footsteps of Nabi Sallallahu So as a result, he's going much slower. So somebody now, this person, this Muzuruk in the dream now, is asking him that everybody else is running to catch up. Why don't you also run? So in the dream now, it's a dream, but there's a lesson in it. In the dream, he replies to him and says, that even if I reach a little, take a little longer to reach, but I'm not going to run, I'm going to make sure I walk exactly in the footsteps. In the Mubarak footsteps, exactly in that Mubarak footsteps I will walk. Now this was actually his, the indication of the extent of his ittiba of sunnah. This was being shown in the dream that, mashallah, this is his extent of ittiba of sunnah of Rasulullah and Hazrat Mufti Shafi after quoting this he then explains 
that the fulfillment of one sunnah, any action in the sunnah manner, the person entered the toilet in the sunnah manner, that one sunnah has more noor in it than the whole night of nafil. That one sunnah has more noor in it than the whole night of nafil. Nafil is very great. It's not something minor. It's not, the example is not being given to try to, or to make it look like small. No. But it's to show how great sunnah is. That as great as the whole night of nafil is, the noor in one sunnah is greater than this too. So every sunnah of Rasulullah so to take some authentic kitab on the sunnahs, mashallah, there are many good kitabs available. We learn one, whatever we are not absolutely clear about, then we go and find out from some alim, clarify it, and we try to learn some other authentic literature, and something we are going to the ulama kiram in our communities, and learning something from them once a week, once in a while. But this is, will qualify a person to become part of this. Man salaka tariqan ilman, that the person who traverses the path of the knowledge, Allah Ta'ala will ease the path of Jannat for him. And then the last thing Nabi mentioned, that much That when people gather in the house of Allah Ta'ala, or any place of Allah Ta'ala, and they are reciting the Qur'an Sharif, or they are learning the Qur'an Sharif, or the knowledge of Deen. Then the angels surround such a gathering. The sakina and tranquility of Allah Ta'ala descends. And Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes down. And Allah Ta'ala mentions them in the gathering of angels. This is such a noble thing Allah Ta'ala loves it so much, that Allah Ta'ala mentions such people in the gathering of the angels. So the lessons of this Hadith Sharif are, that we are to be concerned about everybody. For our deen, we don't ever forget about ourselves. For our deen and the deen of others also. And whatever we can do to help the next person. In the aspects of dunya as well. In day to day life. So this is something that is a great means of gaining the help of Allah Ta'ala for ourselves. And all the other lessons that we discuss as well. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah <laughs> 
Allahul Alamin ya Allah you forgive us ya Allah Allah you love forgiving ya Allah Allah you are the most forgiving ya Allah your forgiveness is for sinners ya Allah Allah we are the sinners ya Allah Allah you forgive us ya Allah Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our friends ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah forgive the ummah ya Allah Allah forgive the ummah ya Allah show your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah show your blessings on the ummah ya Allah remove the difficulties of the ummah ya Allah Allahul Alamin remove the hardships of the ummah ya Allah Allah remove the oppression from the ummah ya Allah Allah those who are without food give them food to eat ya Allah those who don't have shelters give them shelters to live in ya Allah those who are without clothes give them clothes to wear ya Allah Allahul Alamin remove the oppression from the believers ya Allah Ya Allah we acknowledge whatever is happening is due to our amal ya Allah Ya Allah you forgive us ya Allah give us the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya Allah save us from those amal that bring down your wrath and azab ya Allah Ilahul Alamin save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah save us from the caps of nafs and shaitan ya Allah Allah you protect us ya Allah Allah you protect us ya Allah Allah you guide us ya Allah Allah without your protection we'll be destroyed ya Allah Allah do not leave us to ourselves ya Allah Allah do not leave us to ourselves with the blink of an eyelid ya Allah Allahumma la تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين اللهم لا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين اللهم لا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين اللهم لا تكلنا الى انفسنا طرفه عين الهو العالمين يا الله يلوك افتر اس لايك ذا ديتل بيبيز لوك افتر يا الله الهو العالمين يو بروتكت اس فروم اول ذا تيبس اوف نفس الشيطان يا الله الهو العالمين يا الله يو سيف اس فروم افري ايفل يا الله الله سيف اس من السنز اوف ذا ايز يا الله سيف اس من السنز اوف ذا ايرز اند تانغ يا الله من السنز اوف ذا هاندز اند فيت يا الله Allah, you purify our hearts of all sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove the malice, the jealousy, the hatred, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the pride and arrogance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with every good quality, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the true muhabbat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, fill our hearts with the muhabbat of His Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. With the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. With the love of Allah, ya Allah, with the love of zikr and dua, Ya Allah, with the love of the effort of deen, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, you accept us for the effort of deen, Ya Allah, with ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah, accept our progeny until the day of qiyamah, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai, kamila, adila, mustamira, daima, Allah, remove every trace of their illness, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, those who are in financial difficulties, remove their difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah, grant barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah, grant halal and tayyib risk to each one, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, those who are in any kind kind of other difficulties problems hardships anxieties worries depression ya allah remove it with afiyat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah bring sukoon and tranquility to the hearts ya allah allah grant happiness in the hearts ya allah allah unite the hearts ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ya allah all those who have passed away fill their qabrs with noor ya allah make their complete maghfirat ya allah grant them the high stages in the akhirat ya allah ilahul alamin at the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah allah take us on iman kamil ya allah take us on tawbah an nasuh ya allah allah take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya allah you are the know of each one's heart ya allah allah fulfill each one's needs ya allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah remove each one's anxieties and worries and sorrows ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah ilahul alamin all those who ask us to make dua for them allah grant them the best of dunya and akhirat ya allah allah remove all their difficulties and hardships ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah all the good that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for Allah we also begging for all the good Allah whatever Rasulullah 
asked Allah to sort refuge from Allah you grant us refuge as well ya Allah Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta almusta'an wa 'alayka albalagh ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله